just want to say we are so grateful that you would choose to spend your Christmas Eve with us. Uh, this is our very first Christmas Eve gathering as a community of Heart Church. Uh, and it is incredible that we, yeah, you can clap for that, that's fine. Uh, but I really, uh, I really want you to know tonight uh, that we are just, we are just so thankful. Uh, and we're here together tonight, uh, not for a system called church. Uh, not for an empty religion or a program, uh, but we're here tonight to be in community. Uh, to be in community with the God of perfect love and perfect grace, and his name is Jesus. Uh, and to be in community together tonight with a bunch of other imperfect people trying to form their lives around Jesus. Uh, I don't know everything about your story. Uh, I don't know if Christmas for you is a joyful time of year or if it brings sorrow into your heart. Uh, I don't know what your family dynamic is. Uh, I don't know if you've got kids that are excited to wake up Christmas morning and tear open those gifts. Uh, I don't know what you do for work or what you do for fun. I don't know what you're doing for New Year's. Uh, but the one thing that I know to be absolutely true about you is that you are so loved by Jesus. And that we are going to spend the next few moments unpacking uh, that truth together. And to do that, we're going to tune our hearts uh, to the living word of God. So we're going to dive into the Bible together. So if you have a Bible with you, or if you have a Bible app, you can turn with us to Revelation chapter 4, starting in verse 8. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, starting in verse 8. Uh, and we're going to spend a little bit of time in this passage, and then we're going to hop over to Luke chapter 2. Uh, we're going to dabble a little bit in Ephesians, and we're going to round it all out in Exodus, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, but I believe that the living God wants to speak to us tonight on this Christmas Eve uh, through his word. So as we tune our hearts to the living God, let's read it together. Revelation chapter 4, starting in verse 8, this is what the living word of God says. And the four living creatures... Each of them with six wings and full of eyes all around and within. Day and night never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to, is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God. To receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will they existed and were created. As we dive into the scriptures together on this Christmas Eve, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for these moments right now that we get to share together as a community. We thank you for this first moment for the community and family of Heart Church. But we thank you so much even more for the truth that we have a Savior. That you, Jesus, stepped into the story so that we could know perfect love. We ask that right here and right now, you would calm our hearts that we might encounter you. We ask that, Holy Spirit, you would move in such power that this time would be so unexplainable that the only way it could be explained is you, Jesus. We thank you for these minutes and moments that we get to share. And we ask that you would have your way. We ask that you would speak to us, that we would encounter you, the one true and living God. And we love you. And we praise you and worship you. And all the beloved said, amen. Amen. Uh, this passage that we just read puts on full display how beautiful and absolutely wild the truth of Christmas really is. It describes these heavenly creatures who never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And as they declare that truth in the glory of heaven to Jesus who is seated on the throne, it gets even better. The scriptures record the 24 elders fall down before him in love and adoration and worship. And they declare, worthy are you, 
our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. That as we are right here, right now, in these moments of Christmas Eve, in this space, all of heaven is declaring over Jesus that he is holy, that he is worthy, and that all of the glory and power and honor is his and his alone. That the majesty of the Most High God is so holy and so amazing that they never stop declaring that truth. What does this have to do with Christmas? Why in the ham sandwich are we reading Revelation on Christmas Eve? Where is Mary and our boy Joe in the manger? We'll get there. But in order to glimpse the good news of Christmas, we first must glimpse the wild truth that the baby born into the world as Savior is the same Son of God who is seated on that throne as described in Revelation that is holy beyond our imagination. That the one true God who is worthy to receive all of the praise and all of the glory, that the God of absolute glory who created your lips, hips, and fingertips decided to move into the neighborhood, is born into the world as Savior, calls you beloved, and steps into the mess of humanity. Steps into the very depths of you and I lives. You might be familiar with the passage in Luke chapter 2, commonly known as the Christmas story. See it now tonight on this Christmas Eve with fresh eyes and the truth of God's absolute holiness. Look at the incredible contrast of what is described in what we just read about the holiness of Jesus and how he was born into the world. This is what the scripture says in Luke chapter 2. In those days a decree went out that all the world should be registered. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph, there he is also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, there she at, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among with whom he is pleased. You see, in this moment, this is the greatest news that humanity could ever hear. That the God of holiness and perfectness, who absolutely loves you, The same God that we just read about in Revelation is born outside in a feeding trough in the back alleys of Bethlehem. Think of how messy the Savior's birth really was. Think of how messy that moment would have been. Alyssa and I, we got two kiddos. The birth was messy enough I had to squint a little bit during that. Think of how messy it is. Think of how messy this moment of Luke chapter 2 really is. Peel it all back and dive into the story. And it is an absolute mess. But do we realize how much of a mess we are in? 
Do we know what kind of a mess we have within us with the sin that wages war in our hearts? So much of the time at Christmas, we're overwhelmed with joy and cheer, and it's the holly jolly most wonderful time of the year, and it is, and it should be, and it's awesome. But do we really know why? Do we really know the depths of why? The deep reality that we are in utter darkness without this light that comes at Christmas. The deep reality that we are stumbling around and we are in absolute need without this Savior who comes for us. That yes, Christmas is incredible and the truth that brings all, it changes everything. But in order for our hearts to even come close to grasping its reality, we must first realize that without it, we are in complete need. We are in complete need. Because you see, the message of Christmas is not that we can put ourselves back together again. No, the message of Christmas is that we are in such need that there is no hope within ourselves. But take heart. A Savior is born. His name is Jesus. And He is the good news of great joy for all of the people, even you, no matter your story. But you see, we must grasp our sin in order to be grasped by the perfect love of the Lord God. That the good news of great joy that is for all the people is the truth that the God of ultimate glory, holiness, and absolute power chose to come to us because we could never make our way to Him. That Christmas is the news that perfect love has come down. That perfect love has come down. But you and I will not recognize how wild and amazing that really is unless you and I first recognize how much we are in need of saving. So my friends... This Christmas Eve, would we right here, right now, in this moment, no matter how perfect we might pretend to be, pause and recognize that the cry of our heart is need. And the answer to that cry is the Savior and His name is Jesus. In Ephesians 2, the Bible records, you were dead in the trespasses of your sins in which you once walked following the course of the world, and were by nature children of wrath. My goodness! Merry Christmas! What is the good news? I thought the Bible just said we're dead in our sins. But it goes on. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him, seated with Him in the heavenly places. But God, the God of Christmas in rich mercy, perfect love and grace, makes us alive together with Christ Jesus. But even better, it says that we are raised up with Him, seated in the heavenly places. Where? The heavenly places. You mean like where Jesus is constantly and consistently declared holy with no end? You mean where Jesus is clothed in absolute splendor and glory and honor? You mean those heavenly places? Yeah. The Savior comes because you are his beloved. And he wants you with him. Do you know that this Christmas? Do you really know that? That he wants you with him. That he's all in on you, no matter your story. That he's all in on you before you ever thought about him. And this Jesus, oh, he wants you with him. Do you know that? The holy and perfect God of Revelation 4 that we just read, where all of heaven never ceases to declare his holiness and glory, looks at you and says, I want you with me. 
I want you next to me. Well, where would I be in those heavenly places? I'm not worthy to be next to the king on the throne. I'm not worthy to be invited in. You're right. Neither am I. But you see the one true God of perfect love and glory? He declares that we are. He declares that we are worthy. That while everything in culture and society in the world tells us that we should get what we deserve, that the very lives that we live are measured most of the time by getting what we deserve, formed around the idea that people should get what we deserve. Society screams that. The Savior at Christmas, Jesus, he whispers back the opposite. Jesus says, I will take what you deserve upon myself. I will be poor so you can be rich. I will take the basement so you can have the upper room. I'll be born in the dust so you can experience my glory. I'll trade my holy so you can know me fully. I will take your sin so you can experience saving. The God at Christmas declares, no, 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 no. You won't get what you deserve if you come to me. You'll get much better. You'll get much better. You'll get forgiveness of sins and the embrace of perfect love. You'll get a new name. Beloved, you'll get a new story, the gospel. You'll get me, Jesus declares. Because you see, the God born at Christmas is powerful enough to end suffering and powerful enough to save us from our sin. But even more, He is loving enough to suffer in our place. To become the lowest so we could be exalted to the highest right beside Him. How do we know? Remember what we, led, we read in Luke 2, verse 7? And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. There was no place for them in the inn. We commonly hear that and we think, oh man, no place at the Four Seasons for Mary and Joe? Shoot! Did, no room at the Westin? Did they check the Holiday Inn? Was the Motel 6 even open? Bethlehem must have been packed. No room at the inn? Yeah, it was packed. They were doing a census, remember? But it's not an inn like we would think of. That language doesn't really work for what it's talking about. The inn the scriptures are referring to would have been an upper room in someone's home. That the way homes were constructed were the main floor for living, the upper room for guests and family, and then the basement. For livestock, a workshop, maybe a manger, and was normally outside for stray animals to come in. But why does all that matter? Because Mary and Joseph, they come to town, and they knock, and they knock, and they stop at a spot to stay, and door after door they are told, the upper room is full. The place for family and friends, no, 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 it's full. The upper room for guests and family, no, it's full, but, but you can have the basement. You can have the spot where the livestock is. You can have the spot that is outside where the mess of it all is located. That the Savior of humanity is subjected to the lowest place at His birth. No space in the upper room that day. And there is such deep significance in this moment. Because remember, Christmas is not just a good story. No, even better. It is the renewal of creation itself. There is no room in the inn. And we've heard that so much that we're so familiar. But it's pointing to the new covenant that Jesus is bringing forth for all of humanity. 
Covenants are one of the most important themes in the entire narrative of Scripture. They are the key to God's redemptive plan to restore us, humanity, to our divine calling. They are deep promises from God to His people. And in this moment of the Christmas story where there is no space in the upper room for Mary and Joe, it's pointing to the fullness of Jesus and what His arrival means for the redemption of you and I as sons and daughters of the Lord God. The arrival of Jesus isn't just a great story. No. The arrival of Jesus is a completely new way to be constantly and consistently connected to the Lord God. Because the arrival of Jesus brings a new covenant for all of humanity. That right here in Luke chapter 2, at the birth of Jesus, we see the Savior denied the upper room. But take a look later in the life of Jesus, moments before his death, when he invites his followers to come to the new upper room. It's put on full display in Luke chapter 22. The Bible records Jesus sent Petey and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. They said to Jesus, where will you have us go prepare it? Jesus said, enter into the city and you will find a man and he will show you a large upper room, fully furnished. Prepare it there. Key verse, a large upper room, fully furnished, meaning spacious. Spacious enough for everyone and it's full and ready for anyone and everyone who would choose to walk in and receive. And you might be familiar that in this upper room, Jesus takes bread and he breaks it as a sign of his body being broken for humanity. He takes a cup and he shares it as a sign of his blood being poured out for humanity. And then in verse 22, Jesus says, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant. The new covenant, the fulfillment and promise from God that declares the son born at Christmas is the savior and final sacrifice. That it is no longer law or efforts or merits by which we can be saved. It is only in, through, and with Jesus. That the new covenant that declares that whosoever should call on the name of Jesus and repent of their sin shall be given new and better life. Shall receive the Holy Spirit. Not by efforts or resume but by grace and grace alone. The new covenant that is the good news of great joy for all humanity. For a Savior is born that brings redemption. The new covenant that is not for heaven later, but for right here, right now, in all of our ordinary lives. The new covenant that declares that the blood on the cross is what makes you worthy. Because in Exodus 12, Almighty God did not check the worthiness of the people inside the house. Almighty God checked the worthiness of the blood on the door. Because the Savior born Christmas Day in the basement in the back alley of Bethlehem in Luke 2, Almighty God did not check the worthiness of humanity. Almighty God checked the worthiness of His Son born into the dust so we could come alive in His glory. You see, there's no space that day for Mary and Joseph in the inn. There is no space that day in the upper room for the Savior's birth. Why? What's the significance He's the Lord God. He could have made room if he wanted to. You see, Jesus chooses the basement in the back alley so that later in the redemption plan of humanity, moments before his death, he could scoop up the most common and ordinary of people and say, come with me. We're going to the new upper room. The upper room that I was denied at my birth, but now will be the place where all people are welcomed in to receive new life will be the place where I give a new covenant to all of humanity. 
No more death or salvation by works. Now only life through the redemption by my grace because I am the Savior. You are invited to the true upper room that is spacious and fully furnished. But how do we know? The good news of great joy that's for all the people in verse 10 declares it. But are we sure? Absolutely. Because the people that the new covenant in that upper room moment in the scriptures were sex workers, tax collectors, murderers, sinners, outcasts, pride and money hungry whosoever's. Even the ones who would betray Jesus. Still not sure you're invited? Still not sure you're included? The good news of great joy for all the people. Like the shepherds in the field. The absolute lowest level of culture. Like the teen mom carrying the savior of humanity. Like Joseph, a nobody from who dwells in Nazareth. Like me. Chock full of, chock full of sin. Like you. The one Jesus calls beloved. Because the perfect love of the living God born at Christmas, sin is no match for him. Sin is no match for the perfect love that he brings. That Jesus, in his perfect love for you and I, sin does not stand a chance if we choose to receive it. That Christmas is no silent night, my friends. It is an absolute mess. And the Savior is born into the mess so we wouldn't have to be ashamed of ours anymore. So we wouldn't have to be ashamed of us. Do you see it? This Christmas truth. The creator telling his creation, don't you see? You are the one whom I love. I want you with me. Don't you see? I will be born outside so you can be invited in. I will come to the lowest place so you can experience the heights of my perfect love. C.S. Lewis says that the real test of greatness the real test of the higher is its ability to come lower. The power of greater to really include the less. That's the incarnation. You see, the glory of Christmas is the truth that Jesus, he descends into greatness. That Jesus comes down from the heights of absolute being into time and space. Down into humanity, further down even to the root bed and fabric of his creation. But he comes down. To go up again and bring the whole ruined world up with him. One may think of a deep sea diver, gone with a splash, vanished, rushing down through green and warm water into black and cold, dark water. Down through the increasing pressure into the death region of ooze and slime and decay. But then up again, back to color and light. His lungs almost bursting until suddenly he breaks the surface holding in his hands the dripping precious thing that he went down to recover. That's you. You are the precious thing that Jesus has come down to recover. Do you know that this Christmas? Do you really know that? Do you really know that the one true holy and perfect God looks at you and absolutely loves you? Or are you so familiar with the Christmas story that you can't let it sit in your gut long enough to wake you up with awe and wonder? You are so loved by this God. You are the delight and beloved of the one true God. That's why the king steps into humanity not as a fun story to tell. No. Jesus, the Savior, and his birth and his arrival, it means redemption for all of humanity. 
Christmas is the start of a whole new way to be human. But sometimes we ask, does God really love us? Does he actually care? Friends, look at Christmas. Look at Jesus. Look at the incarnation of the Lord God. You'll find your answer. He wants you with him. He wants you with him. But what are we to do? How does Christmas really change our lives? Well, remember the angel in Luke 2? I bring you great news. News. Not a story, not a fairy tale. News. It's the report of something that's already been done. The only thing left now to do is receive it. Receive the truth of your need. Receive the truth of your belovedness and come alive in it. Receive the invitation to the new upper room in the new covenant full of grace, mercy, and perfect love. Receive the gift of great joy because we have a Savior. What does that practically look like? Get rid of that pride and repentance. Get rid of that shame and those lies or that fear and that guilt. The holy and perfect God, oh, He declares you're worthy. Receive the Holy Spirit. Christmas is the story that love has come down, yes, but it has come to make its way in. Let the grace in. Let the perfect love in. The Christmas gift is for you. What are you waiting for? Tear it open. From the depths of this gospel truth, wake up in awe and wonder of who Jesus really is. At the depths of your heart, is there fear? Is there longing? Is there chaos that needs order? Are there wounds that need to be healed? Step into the story. Receive the news of what has been done. Receive the God of Christmas who is born into the world and invites you in. Calls you by name. Chooses you. All in on you. Wants you. Receive its truth. Receive the redemption of your heart made alive by the Savior. And then watch that as you receive the most true thing about you, that you are so loved by Jesus, Oh, the only response is to echo all of heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Because the God of Christmas, that holy God, He calls you beloved. Beloved.